Romans 12, who remembers what, uh, what verse we're up to? Good job. And because Ben likes me the most, I've got 17 and 18. I've got two verses this week, not just one. Yeah, thank you. All right. <laughs> Have you got two? Emily's got three. Second's better than last, so, you know. Anyway. <laughs> Let's get on with it. Romans twelve seventeen to 18 says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. I pray that it um, speaks encouragement and life uh, into our lives. So I pray that um, just your words resonate in our hearts, Lord, and we are just inspired to action, um, to live in your example and to shine your love out in the community. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So just to quickly recap, uh, Romans uh, 12, what we've been through before, but Romans in general, um, as Pastor Bruce spoke about last week, the context is really important because it was written to the Roman church. And if you remember um, way back when we talked about all of the context before Roman, if you, uh, Romans, if you were here, it was quite unique in the church that the, um, a little bit of time before this letter was written, the Jews had been exiled from uh, Rome for a period of time and then they were allowed back in. And then when they came back in, there was this mix of new Christians and Jewish Christians or, um, yeah, people that were Jews and then became converts to Christianity and believed in Jesus. There was this conflict in the church between them about how they should be living their life. And so there was quite a lot of disunity in the church. And on top of that, there was quite a, it was a really volatile um, time to be alive. There was persecution there was a, a huge difference in cultural standards out in the community. And again, Pastor Bruce um, touched on this last week. The importance of status was really important in that Roman culture. And there was so much inequality between people who had a lot and people who had nothing. And status was important. It was part of your, um, a part of your identity. You were known by your status, not by what you did as a person. In essence, you could be a horrible person, but if you had influence, you were held um, in a place of honour in the community. And that's why the message of Jesus and what Jesus taught us was so radical and so different and so challenging for the church. And that is because the love that Jesus preached and showed was completely countercultural to what was going on at the time. It, was, it went against the expectations of the, the normal culture. And so Paul, in his teachings about Jesus, goes to great lengths to explain through faith in Jesus, who was the Son of God, that we have been made new and therefore we should be living a new way of life. And that um, all of Romans before that goes into great depths about how we are new creations. And in 12.2, Romans 12.2, Paul starts off by saying, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what he's saying is, don't do what is culturally acceptable. Just because 
it is accepted in the community that we act in a certain way, it doesn't mean that we should be acting that way. And so to be transformed by the renewing of our minds means that therefore we have both the power through Jesus' death and the responsibility, which is a big part of it, we have the power and the responsibility to be thinking and acting differently so that the people around us can see the difference. You with me? All right, so we're going to get into um, these two verses and um, we're just going to break it up into three parts. So the first part of that says, do not repay evil for evil. And again, the fact that he's saying do not repay evil for evil means that it was actually happening at the time, this whole concept of justice. And in fact, in the Old Testament, in Exodus 21, 23 to 24 says, but if there is harm, then you shall pay life for life. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, and stripe for stripe. That's where we obviously get that term, an eye for an eye. It's this concept of justice. You do bad to me, I'm going to do bad to you so that we can get even. Justice. Justice is getting what you deserve. Our whole society, and many societies around the world are built on this concept of justice. And we feel this intrinsic need for rightness, to have justice. When someone does wrong to us, we need that to be made right. And okay, we might not take life for life anymore in some countries, that is certainly still the practice. Even in first world countries, developed countries like America, they still have the death penalty but we still have this intrinsic need to have an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth, to have everything put right again, to get what you deserve, to get justice. But again, this was so radical about what Jesus was teaching because in Matthew 5.39, he said, But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. If someone does wrong to you, if someone slaps you in the face, give them the other cheek. Let them slap you again. Don't try and slap them back. I don't know if you, it always, that um, recently, some of you may not have seen this, but there's this thing called the tortilla challenge. I saw them do this at youth. Basically, two people stand in front of each other with a mouthful of water, with a tortilla in their hand, you know, like a flower wrap. And they slap each other. And the first person to spit the water out loses. It's stupid. Ridiculous. Anyway, youth lover, I saw them doing it at youth. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure I saw that risk assessment. Yeah. But that concept of not repaying evil for evil is talking about this... this need for justice, that if someone does wrong by you, it's actually okay for us to just maintain our integrity and walk away from that, turn to Jesus and not seek justice because, I don't want to um, take this away from Emily, I'm sure she's well into this, but in the next verses it talks about vengeance is the Lord's. It's not our job to actually get that justice. That's God's, that's God's job. 
Do not repay evil for evil. The next one is be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. (laughs) I had that same reaction when I read this and, you know, I've read it heaps of times and I've just glossed over it and to be quite honest with you, it hasn't always sat well with me, that thought of doing what is right in the eyes of everyone. I have, my whole life, I've really struggled with this on a personal level. I have really you know, has really affected me thinking about what other people think of me. I've lived my life trying to make sure that I'm portraying the right image for people so that they can think the best of me. And what happens most of the time is I'm probably not genuine and I am not portraying the best of me most of the time and so it's a bit of a double-edged sword. But it has really affected my life as a kid and even into my adult years and I'm, I'm getting better at it But I remember as a kid, my mum would always say to me, don't worry about what other people think. Has anyone anyone said that? Or why do you care about what other people think? As I've gotten older, I've realised she actually cared what other people thought too. (laughs) But she would always say to me, don't care about what people... She would get really angry at me because I wouldn't wear a pair of shoes. Or (laughs) I have the same argument with our kids sometimes. You know, like, they're just shoes, put them on, but they're not the right shoes, (laughs) you know. Those sorts of things matter. So when we think about this verse, it says, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Now, you guys all know, if you tried to please everyone, (laughs) if you tried to do what was right in the eyes of everyone, you would very quickly become unstuck. If, If even just 10 of us sat in a circle and tried to decide what was right, we would disagree. So imagine trying to make everybody happy. But the point of this verse is actually not that we do the right thing by everybody, but that we do the right thing in our relationship with God, which will be obvious to everybody. If we judge, if our actions are judged by everybody, that's the wrong way to look at it. But what we should be concerned about is how God would judge our actions regardless of what everybody thinks. Does that make sense? Our responsibility is to act in a way that God would be happy and that God judges to be right, regardless of what everybody else thinks. So, Greek of the week. We've got two, two terms that I want to go through. The first one is be careful. And the word is proneo. Proneo. Say One, two, three. Proneo. There you go. It, this be careful in that translation can sometimes make it feel like you have to be very cautious of what you're doing, you know, to be really well thought out. And in essence that is, but really what it's talking about is to think beforehand to think and then act, which I also struggle with because quite often I act and then I think. But to think beforehand about what the consequences or what you might be intending to um, portray by your actions. It says there to think or plan beforehand, showing necessary forethought to act properly in God's will. So not just to think about how you might get justice, but to think about how God requires us to act in certain situations. Stop think, what would God do, WWJD, what would Jesus do, 
Stop, think, do. Because the next word is to do what is right. And the Greek word is kalos. That one's a bit easier, everyone. Kalos. Kalos. Good. Now, this word, to do what is right, means to be attractively good. And not just to be good, but to be good in a way that inspires and motivates others to embrace what is lovely, beautiful or praiseworthy. So it's not just doing good things, but it's doing good things in a way that might actually inspire other people to want to also do good things. Does that make sense? I want to share with you an example. This happened to me yesterday, of all times. Such a, and I just want to say up front, I'm not sharing this to glorify myself. I just want to use this as an example to encourage you to, you know, to do similar. Up until yesterday, I didn't have an example of this. <laughs> we would have been moving on by now. Maybe we will go an hour and a half. Who knows? <laughs> Ben's looking at me nervously. <laughs> okay. I have to give you the full context, but I'll try and make it quick. I play golf on Saturdays. Most Saturday mornings I play golf. Sorry, men. I wasn't there yesterday morning. I was playing golf. Um, and normally, on Friday, I get some uh, drink bottles, you know, like a couple of waters and a couple of, um, like, Gatorades or there's this big one called Maximus. Not that that matters, but, you know, it's, it's like a big litre bottle. I normally get two of each, right? It's very hot out there. I like to keep my fluids up. <laughs> Sweat a lot. And so I just ha- I forgot to do it on Friday. So I was driving to the service station, um, driving to golf, pulled in at the service station, got these four drinks and went to the golf course, playing golf. It was after about 12 holes. I'd finished one of the, one of the sports drinks and I had a whole nother litre there. And it was hot and I'd... I was thinking in my mind, that's going to be, I'm going to need that. And as we were walking off the tee, this guy that I was playing with, who I've, I've played with once before, about th- two or three months ago, I don't even know him other than the fact of what his name was and that we both play golf. He just said, for whatever motivated him to say it, he said, oh, you know, I normally get two of those Maximus bottles, but I forgot them this week. I hope the drinks cart comes around soon. And I just thought to myself, I'm so glad I got two for myself. (laughs) I'm a fallen human. (laughs) I am not perfect. But I will tell you, as I took two more steps, just to set this up for you, I had the full one in my bag unopened. I had the empty one in the little drink thing on the side there. I had this thought which I definitely believe was the Holy Spirit remind me of this scripture which actually comes from John the Baptist but was in the gospel of Luke and is in line with all the things we've been talking about in Romans 12 and that scripture word for word is anyone who has extra clothes should share one with he who has none anyone who has extra food should do the same food is a drink And I thought straight away, what if I get thirsty? (laughs) I told you, I'm I'm a fallen human. 
Anyway, so I just stopped and said, well, actually, I've got a full unopened one. I'll split it with you. And so he said, no, no, that's fine. I was just, you know, just mention it. I said, no, no, I insist. He said, no, no, it's fine. We'll get the drinks cart. I said, I insist. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, God might smite me now. God doesn't do that. So anyway, I just cracked it open, poured in half in my bottle, gave him the, you know, the other half, and we just went on our way. Now, I'm not saying that to, I've, hopefully I've, you know, showed you I'm a fallen human, so it's not all good things, but it wasn't my immediate thought. But what, what I thought was really important to share with you guys about this example is that it's such a small thing. I did not say, I just want you to know, brother, that Jesus... You know, Jesus inspired me to give you this drink and Jesus loves you and hopefully you feel the love of Jesus through this drink that I have given you. If you want a church to come to, let me know. He might be a Christian, I don't even know. But I, I did not preach to this man with my words. I just gave him half a bottle of drink and he was very appreciative and he kept saying to me, I'll pay you back, I'll pay you back. I said, don't worry about it. It's fine, just, you know, be blessed. But what, I guess what I was thinking about in relation to this is I, I play golf almost every week. I play golf with guys and every week something like that comes up. Where someone says something where I could speak into their life or encourage them or give them half a bottle of drink or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. And I think sometimes when we think about um, doing right, you know, doing right by other people and trying to represent God, we think about these grand actions and these, you know, extravagant acts of grace and love. But really, it's the little things that really speak the love that God has for us into the community. And I, I hope, I'm sure, that God is very appreciative. But the drink is not important. What is important is the example that I have set for him that maybe in the future he will do the same for someone else. This is the kind of pre-thought, the kind of to do what is right, the kalos that inspires and motivates others to do the right thing and to do good things in the world. We do it all the time in pop-up in this church. Kalos happens all the time. We do good things that inspire other people to do good things. And hopefully they do those in the name of Jesus. It's the simple things that make the most difference and take the least amount of energy that can make the biggest significant impact in people's lives. The next thing, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And... I wanted to include the NLT translation in here as well because it says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. <laughs> I think um, for all of us that have been in church, I think we all know that conflict happens no matter what. Whether you're in church, out of church, you know, it, it doesn't matter where you are, conflict and hard times happen in life. And in all of the things that Paul has said above, and, and I'm going to read them here just to remind us from, um, from 12. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. 
Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. This concept of if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone, is basically saying that there's some recognition here from Paul to say, and Paul knew more than most of the conflict and dangers of being a Christian, is that as far as it depends on you, in fact, he's saying, it depends on you, it's your choice, as far as, it po- as, as is possible to live with, at peace with everybody. But we also know it's not always possible to live at peace with everyone. And so there's a recognition from Paul to say, life is tough. When you live a life devoted to Jesus and trying to follow his radical love example of doing things in the community that seem radical and countercultural, that are different to what is the normal expected in life, that sometimes that's not popular and people don't like it. And so our responsibility is to manage us and not other people. We are not responsible for how people act or react. We are only responsible for our own actions. Does that make sense? Paul was giving us the responsibility to do the right thing regardless of the circumstances that are around us. There's a theologian, Albert Barnes. You might have read some Barnes commentary. He put it this way. So far as we are concerned, we are to seek peace. But then it does not always depend on us. Others may oppose and persecute us. They will hate religion and may slander, revile and otherwise injure us. Or they may commence an assault on our persons or property. For their assaults, we are not answerable. But we are answerable for our conduct towards them. I think when you think about all of this, in the the two verses in context, you know, do not repay evil for evil. As far as it is possible, live at peace with everyone. But when it is not possible, sometimes the best answer is to remove yourself from that situation. I think sometimes we think we've got to be radical and we've got to, you know, love people and that means we've got to be there and be in their face and want to reconcile with them and put things right and have justice. But actually that's not always possible because it does take two. This is, I think, an excellent reminder for us as Christians because in our relationship with God, God is only concerned about our actions in relation to our relationship with him. If you have done me wrong, or if I have done you wrong, the, the, the concept is that we leave that with God to fix that issue. 
and we pray and we seek peace above anything else, it's not necessary to always correct every situation. Those of you who are parents will know this 100%. You could argue with your kids all day and correct them, but if you do that, all you're going to do is damage the relationship that you have with them. Sometimes you've just got to let it slide. Sometimes it's not worth having that argument because love is more important than correction. So as far as it is possible, live at peace with everybody. And I think that is a great weight off of our shoulders because all we have to worry about is doing the right thing in relation to what God expects of us. We are not responsible for the reactions and actions of others. And I, I can tell you, again, from first-hand experience, I, I have been um, in so many situations where I have walked away feeling like the worst person in the world because of the way that someone else has acted. And I'm not, I'm not denying any responsibility in this. Sometimes I have not acted right. But I think sometimes we fall into the trap of taking responsibility for the way people act. And when they get offended and they're upset, then we try and put that right. But actually, we're not called to, to live by the standards of the world. It's not our job to determine and define what is right and what is wrong because God has already given us that, that message. We already know what is right. And so if we're doing what is right in the will of God, which is loving people wherever possible, you know, live at peace, and in those situations where peace is not possible to separate ourselves and to step away from that so that peace can ensue, then that is also doing the right thing. We are not responsible for reconciling the world. We are responsible for our actions. And the whole premise of this is that if we, if we act right, if we do what, you know, what we have been instructed to, the example that has been set here by Jesus and the teachings of Paul and you know, the other, um, the other um, books that are in there, then things should be right. If everyone did that, of course, we live in a perfect world. That, that would be amazing. But that's not the case. And so, in summary, we're going to finish really quick. In summary, there's three things that are, that are really important in this. Do not repay um, evil with evil. We are called to a new way of living because we are new creations. We are born again. We have been made new again through the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus and the reconciliation of us to him. We have been made new. And so, therefore, we are called to live a radical, risky Countercultural, not accepting the, the cultural norms. We are being called to live a new life and to do things that others don't expect. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Think, we have to think before we act and think about how Jesus would require us to act in these situations. Make sure our actions serve as an inspiration to others to also embrace good. Do the good things, the small things. Doesn't have to be, you know, a huge, outward, you know, lavish anything. Just even just telling someone they look great today, that can be enough. And if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do what you can to maintain peace. We're not responsible for how others 
act, we're only responsible for our own actions. And as long as those actions actually align with the will of God, then that's all we need to be concerned about. God will take care of the rest. I wonder if um, we might get the band up. We do have some time. So I I just really felt like um, we had our worship night last night, which was amazing and, you know, it was an hour of, um, of music and, you know, I, I don't, I, I know, um, I just want to say that, you know, God is not, um, you know, the, the musicians are not God, that, you know, it's not, um, it, it's not about the music itself. But I do really feel like in times of worship, when there is music on and you know the words and you can just close your eyes and shut off to the world, that God can really speak to us in our heart. And I just had this sense that, like me, there are people here who carry this burden of expectation on their life. That words have been spoken over you, over your life. And people have said things that have, you know, kept you in a place of, you know, looking at yourself in a, in a low position to, you know, to, to keep you down and to, you know, ruin your confidence, make you question yourself. And when you, when you think about yourself in certain situations, you know, taught to be critical of ourselves and to always question ourselves. And that can be so damaging and so hurtful because the words that other people speak over our life tend to become the words that we speak to ourselves in our own mind. And I really feel like this scripture is, is really giving us the freedom to cast off all of the thoughts, all of those doubts, all of those negative things that people have spoken over our lives and all those negative things that we speak over our own life and to just be free in being ourselves and to be who God has made us and to just focus on Him and what He has done. And yes, how can we show His love to other people? How can we live at peace with everybody? That is what God is calling us to do. And the freedom that comes from taking off the burden of making other people happy or living up to other people's expectations is an incredible freedom because it does allow you to step into your own and to be yourself and to just accept God and accept yourself as He has made you. So we're just going to worship for a little bit and I just really encourage you to can stay seated or you can stand whatever you feel most comfortable with to just focus on the song the music don't think about all of the other things and just ask God to speak into your heart and I'm just going to pray for us Father we just thank you for the freedom that comes from a relationship with you we thank you for the redemption that you gave us that you care about us as individuals, that you love us, that you want us to be free, that you want us to live a life of abundance in your will, doing the good things that you have set before us to be different in our communities, to not be concerned with going with the flow, but to be brave enough to stand up and do things different, to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves, Lord. 
and to not be concerned about what other people think of us. I just pray, Lord, for anyone that is struggling with any of those things here today. I just pray that you speak into our hearts, that you just release that burden. You just give us a fresh revelation and a fresh sense of your love and what you've done in our life. I just pray as this music plays, Lord, that you just speak into our hearts. In Jesus' name.